You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. Welcome to PIM Talk, the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers, and PIM professionals. And every second Tuesday, we come together to share knowledge, experiences, and challenges to be able to create even better product stories. Maybe you're wondering what PIM is. PIM is a software that is all about managing all product marketing information in one place to create a rich customer experience in all channels and shorten time to market. And if you're new to PIM, check out our first episode, What is PIM? I'm your host, Thomas Schwabberg. I'm the creative director at InRiver, and we want to do this podcast for you and with you. So please contact us and tell us what topics you would like us to cover, what guests you would like to have on the show, or maybe you want to contribute in any way. So you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or send a message on Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. Well, hello there. It's time for yet another episode of PimTalk. And before we start, I just wanted to share um, a funny thing that happened last week. So uh, we are partners of Salesforce and we just recently launched a Salesforce B2B commerce adapter. And um, last week there was a Salesforce demo jam. It's an event where six companies get three minutes each to uh, demo their integration and uh, then there is a vote of the the ones that are participating in this webinar to to see who was the best solution so i was um, the one that would do the in river demo and uh, i actually haven't worked that much with salesforce so i needed to get the demo environment up something that worked and you know only three minutes so you really have to get the timing right and everything so i i set up the in river solution we made sure that the integration worked with salesforce b2b commerce uh, that we had a storefront and that we have a scenario like you know being able to to make sure that the product you want to release complies with the criteria you have for having the product being out in the Salesforce B2B commerce. And I mean, the reason why you would like to work with a PIM and an e-commerce system together is that, I mean, uh, e-commerce system is really not built for product enrichment. Um, you might not have the tools like completeness, tasks, uh, different ways of, you know, instead of, of thinking of the transactional things that you do in an e-commerce, uh, in a PIM, you can work with another kind of marketing model that you don't need to think about what channel you're going to sell it in. You can think about how you can be the most effective with your enrichment. And then you can use that information in many different channels anyway. I set this up. I was, you know, totally prepared. I practiced many, many times, and um, then it was time to start the demo jam, the webinar. It started. It was an introduction, and they said, "Welcome to the demo jam of Salesforce B2C e-commerce." Did they say B2C? I prepared B2B. Oh, you know. 
what am I going to do? So, you know, um, it's kind of fast going in and configuring uh, the in-river. So I did some changes, uh, naming of the completeness rules, the channel and everything. And I mean, it's basically the same process. If you update the product, then it's going to go out in the B2B site or in the B2C site. But of course, if you knew the interfaces on the Salesforce site, you probably would notice that there was B2B. But I would say that most of the people attending uh, and viewing this, they didn't notice. I don't know if you saw the demo jam and if you noticed but actually that's what happened so i did a b2b demo in the b2c contest i didn't win i don't think it's about that it was another very good solution that was more niched that one so uh, congratulations order groove anyway um we had the pleasure of having ruth stevens in the office uh, the other week and uh, she is an uh, author and speaker traveling around the world and uh, she has a lot of things to say about B2B commerce, B2B marketing and uh, I managed to get the talk with her. So let's get on with it. Today I'm very happy to have Ruth Stevens from eMarketing Strategy here at the InRiver office in Malmö. Welcome, Ruth. Thanks. So glad to be here. We actually had... The pleasure of you talking about uh, how you can build your personal brand. And um, that's, of course, very interesting. But you also talk about many other things. And today we're going to talk about how you can engage B2B buyers. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Thanks. Me too. It's a great topic. And I mean, um, you're, I think you're originally uh, from New York, right? I'm not originally from uh, New York, but I've lived there most of my adult life and I really love it. Okay, and you you were some days in Copenhagen, and then I know that you're uh, on your way somewhere else. So maybe you can say yeah. where you have been and where you're going. Thanks. Yes, I, I flew to Copenhagen a few days ago because I had an opportunity to do a seminar at Danish Technical University. That was yesterday. And I ran into Erica Goldwater a few weeks ago at a conference and told her I was going to Denmark. And she said, we've got to get you over to Malmo. And I'm so happy to come here for a couple of reasons. One is it's really one of the most charming cities in the world, nothing that you don't already know. Mm -hmm. But also it's so easy to get here from Copenhagen. I I had forgotten what a simple trip it is. And um, after my time with you guys here today, I'll just pop back to Copenhagen and continue my sightseeing. But then next Monday, I'm heading off to Bangalore, India. Oh, that sounds interesting. So what are you going to do there? I'm teaching marketing to um, sort of equivalent of MBA students at the Indian Institute of Management. Okay, cool. So is that a weekend trip or? No, I'm going for a half a semester. So it's five weeks in total. And the week after that, I'm stopping by Hanoi, uh, Vietnam for my first time there. And then I'll wrap up my trip with a week in Japan. And I had lived for eight years in Japan when I was in my 20s, so I still have a lot of friends and contacts there. Sounds really exciting. I envy you. You seem to, to live a very interesting life. I'm so lucky because uh, self-employment gives me a lot of flexibility and opportunity to take advantage of, of that freedom and flexibility. Okay, cool. So uh, let's squeeze out what you can learn us about engaging B2B buyers. So we'll start with the, the obvious question. How do you engage B2B buyers? Well, 
They're both strategies and techniques to consider. On the strategic front, for example, the most effective method is to gain insight into the needs of those buyers and then deliver to them against those needs. So that sounds pretty highfalutin, pretty, you know, high level, but in practical terms, that means that we have to, one, research those needs, gain insight, understanding of what are their problems so that we have a prayer of helping them solve those problems. And after research, we also need data. That would be data that allows us access to the customers. Um, we need to know how to get a hold of them. And based on our insights, how best to talk to them, because it's all about relevance. If we're providing information and solutions that help them do their jobs better, then the engagement part just solves itself. How do you do research in a good way? It's yeah. the different options. I mean, for if you're a smaller B2B company or if you're these gigantic uh, corporations, is, is, there di is there different ways of doing this? Yeah, there, there's a lot of money that can be spent on it. But for smaller companies, it can really be done through what I call grandmother research, which means setting up an appointment and getting on the phone with a couple of representative segments of your target audience. So seg you might be segmenting by use cases or by uh, firmographics or some other method and pick two or three firms and two or three individuals who are within each segment and schedule a 15, 20 minute phone call with them. It's as simple as that. I, I just um, wondered, you said thermographics. That was the first time I heard that. What, what does that mean? Ah, thanks. Yeah, sorry. It it means the demographics of companies, the two biggest, most impactful characteristics or variables would be company size and industry, of course, because large enterprises behave very differently mm. from small, and they are their needs are very different. So um, company size is a, an important variable in B2B. And the other is industry. The way the needs of a pharmaceutical firm are completely different often than a manufacturing company, say, or a, or a, a technology producer. So, I mean, let's say that you do these uh, 15, 20 minute uh, phone interviews with, with some, uh, you know, selected companies um, based on these strategies, what would be the result? What, what, what do you, I what mean, are you looking for? what are you looking for and what do you want the result of those meetings to be? Yeah. So it's in order to understand what is often called pain points, areas where they have challenges or problems that we can, we hope, solve. And um, not only understanding their challenges, but also how they discuss the challenges. What is the vocabulary that they use? What are the terms so that we can mirror back to them in the language that is, is relevant to them? This is all within the context of trying to craft messaging and engagement mechanics that are maximally relevant to these targeted segments.
All right. So, so the next step, you know, we have had these meetings, we have collected uh, some research, and then it's time for us to change our behavior in some way in order to create more engagement. So, uh, could you take us through the the journey here? Well, let me mention since you you told me earlier that you you are deeply involved in the product yeah. uh, at your firm. Um, there are at least two key areas where that research and data will have an impact on your success. One is determining whether the product that you've developed is suited to these targets, and if not then we've got to go find the right targets or we need to adjust the target, uh, excuse me, adjust the product so that it's better suited to these key audiences. Maybe it's slightly different functionality or um, more usability or whatever is the, the alteration required. So that's one piece product. And then the other is communications because the way we're going to engage is by contacting them or hoping to be contacted mm-hmm. by them so that we can get a dialogue going. Mm-hmm. And that's where the relevant communications are going to be the key to our success. If we're talking about something that's not relevant to them, they're not going to engage in the first place, and they're certainly not going to keep um uh, staying in touch with us and and continuing the conversation. Yeah, and what I hear here is that I mean, uh, buyer engagement is nothing you build from inside a, a room at your office. It's you need to to talk and communicate with your customers and your potential customers in order to really understand their needs, in order to do these adjustments that you're talking about. It's really true, and one mistake that B two B marketers can be accused of making is not enough FaceTime with their customers. They might be sitting at their desks. Can you get too much FaceTime? I don't know. I, I've never really considered that. Why do you ask? No, I'm, I'm just wondering because uh, I don't think many companies have that problem, right? It's usually in the other. Not end. enough. <sighs> yeah. Well, many in many B2B organizations, the customer relationship is really the province of the sales force, whether they're on the phone or in the field, or the channel partners or the other representatives who are in daily or frequent conversation with with customers and prospects. And the marketing people sometimes hold back and do their thing without a lot of interact, direct interaction with customers. And I think that's a mistake. Yeah, because also as a manufacturing company, you might, you know, um, provide your product information or a lot of the message to your distributors and then they have the end consumers or even there is a retailer, I mean, the stage before it reaches the end cons- consumer. So, I mean, there must be a challenge to, to, I mean, bridge all of those different steps uh, along the way. Right. Yeah. Closeness to the customer is essential to success. You're listening to PIM Talk, the product marketing podcast. And after this short break, we're going to continue to talk with Ruth Stevens about how you can make your B2B buyers more engaged. PIM stands for Product Information Management, and InRiver stands for PIM. 
Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for you. That's www.pimtalk.com. So what do you see? What kind of trends do you see today? Are, are B2B marketers changing their behavior? And, and what, what new habits are they adopting in order to be successful in, in this new world? Well, there are lots of new tools available that B2B marketers are adopting in, with great success. One actually came up this morning, um, and that's video. Mm-hmm. So interesting how... Video has been under leveraged in B2B, but talk about engaging media. I mean, we all love video. It's got motion. It's got human appeal. It's got sound. It's sort of a multi-sensory communications vehicle, and it can get across so much information in a very short period of time. There's abundant opportunity. It can be used by marketers for something as simple as a product demo or uh, a case study, a customer case study where the, you're asking the customer to give you a testimonial and show the audience how they're getting value from your product. It can be used to introduce staffers, maybe like one of these videos that someone walks around the company and says, oh, here's Thomas. And, oh, Thomas, what do you do? Well, I'm I'm in charge of this and that and um put a human face on the on the firm um it's good for talking head videos interviews mm. so many different applications yeah, because also i mean building engagement with the buyer is also so to build the relationship so they actually you know care about you or feel that you care about them <laughs> at least and that you have a beneficial that, that they feel that they have, uh, you provide them extra value and that they, you know, know when they get the message from you or when you communicate, you want to give them that extra. Or, exactly. Know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm encouraging use of video. I'm also seeing new technologies like you may not like this, but are you uh, you guys using chatbots on your website? We are trying it out, and actually, I'm when I am on other websites, I I quite a lot use the chat support uh, functionality. Usually, it's not all a bot. Uh, usually, there is someone behind it. I yeah. guess some of the things are automated and so on, but in the end, there is a human behind it. I mean, actually, in that case, I don't care if it's a human or not. I just want my my your question yeah, answered, my question answers, and the thing fixed. Right, exactly. And I, I think this is a tool, and it, you're making a good point. It doesn't have to be um, automated entirely. In fact, it's better if there's a real human behind it. But it's a great way to make your website more engaging. If someone 
is visiting and has a question that they can't immediately get answered, they want answers quickly. And if you can provide those, it's great. Another tool that I see marketers using is making some kind of content-based offer on their homepage, uh, gated by a web form, and encouraging people to fill out the form. The name can then be followed up on, turned into one one hopes eventually a qualified lead and, and passed along to a sales resource. So mm-hmm. engagement on the website is, is, I think, still relatively underutilized in B2B. Yeah, not that many calls to action on the website. Unfortunately. And I also think a missing piece on B2B websites is testimonials. It's remarkable. Many of us have really satisfied customers. And if we just ask them, um, sometimes I hear in B2B uh, customers saying, I hesitate to give you a public testimonial because I don't want my competitors to know about you. You are my secret weapon. And that's flattering, but it doesn't really help your marketing efforts. So um, that can be a challenge. But sometimes if you offer to make the testimonial anonymous, uh, you can overcome that hurdle. If you can make your customer the hero of the story, there must be a situation where that's okay, right? Yes, exactly. In fact, um, everyone has an ego, right? Um, a video-based customer testimonial can work wonders. All right. So I think we've covered a lot of good things here. But is there any other opportunities that our B2B customers could reach out for to improve how they are engaging their buyers? Yes. I, I think what is often missing is the basic techniques of direct response communications, which is a type of marketing communications that's structured to motivate an immediate action. One of the core attributes of direct response communications is a call to action, which you mentioned earlier and is is an essential element. But the two other important elements are, one, an offer um, that motivates the prospect to take the action that you're looking for, whether it's filling out a form or giving us a call or attending our webinar or whatever the action that, that we're looking for. And the, the third element is some kind of response vehicle. Often it's a web form, but it's not necessarily so. It might be a phone call or an email. But the reason I bring this up is that Without those three elements, an offer, a call to action, and a response vehicle, you're going to be sub-optimizing the power of your marketing communications. And these three characteristics of direct response communications apply across all media channels. It's at your website. It's in your social media posts. It's in your email. It's even in print advertising, it's wherever yeah. you are looking to engage your customers more effectively because it motivates them to respond to you. Yeah. And then you can respond back. And then they respond to you. And before you know it, you've got 
Yeah, uh, and in the social Twitch. media world, you can ask them to tag this message or, you know, retweet or, uh, yeah, do exactly. other interactions with your social media messages and so on. Mm. And in B2B, the one place that we often fall down is we miss the power of an offer. I have been in countless meetings with product managers, sorry, yeah, it's okay. who say, Ruth, if you just tell them how great our product is, they're going to want it. And I say, yes, Mr. or Ms. Product Manager, I know your product's great. That's why we're going to be successful. But if we don't give him, give them some reason to overcome their natural inertia, we're not going to get them to take the action we want. So let's give them, it's not about discounts. Let's give them some reason to respond to us right away. I think that's a good advice to, uh, to end this uh, uh, talk with. So I really enjoyed talking to you, Ruth. Thank you for all your insights and have a really good travel to, to India and uh, the rest of your stay in Asia. Thanks for the opportunity. I've enjoyed it. All right, let's take a look at upcoming events and trainings. Uh, on October 18th in Montreal, Canada, we have an event, Damn Right, Adobe Experience Manager Assets and Your Business Needs. It's together with our partner, Absolunet, Adobe, and uh, us, of course. Uh, we also have an event in Norway, in Oslo, on October 22nd with our partner, Degree, about the future customer experience in B2B e-commerce. We will have a tour in Germany on November 5th to 7th with our partner Satz Media. And we're going to be in um, Köln on November 5th, in Stuttgart on November 6th, and in Hamburg on November 7th. And talking about turning browsers into buyers in the age of sustainable customer. Then we will be at the Episerver Ascend in Stockholm uh, on the vo- November 5th. The Retail Experience Live in Helsinki, Finland on November 6th and 7th. Episerver Ascending London November 7th. And we're also going to do a networking dinner with Trisons in uh, London November 13th. We're going to be at World of Commerce 2019 in Amersfoort, Netherlands on November 21st. And of course, next year, I hope you already have it in your calendar, the Pinpoint Summit 2020. Let's be 1,000 persons in Malmö having a great time. Uh, Really looking forward to that. And to see about upcoming courses... Uh, We have a business consultant training in Amsterdam, October 23rd, 24th. Uh, Also, a development training will be held in Amsterdam. We don't have the date yet. Uh, When it comes to the online course, you can go and do that. Um, And that's a preparatory course for the other certifications. So do that if you are planning to do some of the other courses. Um, free for everyone to do so it's a good way of getting started in the more advanced levels of in river knowledge Uh, we have upcoming trainings in chicago both business consultant and developers it's going to be on december 3rd and 4th is the next training sessions there Uh, looking in malmo Uh, The next training will be in November 20th, 21st, also both business consultant and developer training. Uh, We have a print academy in Malmö on November the 6th, and we have user trainings in Malmö November 13th, and also in Amsterdam the same date, November 13th. 
and we have trainings in Chicago on November 13th and 14th and we're also going to have a training in December to be decided the exact date. So looking forward to see you in these events and trainings. Thank you for listening. For feedback, tips and questions, you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or message us at pimtalkpodcast at Twitter. Please, if you like the show, go into iTunes and give us a good review. And if you would like to see some behind-the-scenes material, bloopers and live streams, you can follow Pimtalk on Instagram. See you again in two weeks. Bye. Bye.